0: What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Nation podcast. I'm Alex Miller with the Eagle up there for those watching on video. That's Travis Brown. He is in Des Moines, Iowa, as Texas A&M set to play in the NCAA tournament for the first time in five years. Travis, how cold are you up there?
1: It's pretty chilly. There is snow on the ground. Apparently it snowed like five to six inches on Sunday. So it's a, it's a good, it was a good 50 degrees uh, when we arrived here. So a lot of it's melted, but still snow on the ground in Iowa. We're in Iowa.
0: Well, hopefully that cleanses your sinuses of the central Texas pollen, because I am having a war <laughs> with this stuff right now. Uh, yeah, You know,
1: I actually can breathe a little bit right now. So maybe it's just the, uh, maybe it's the Midwestern air, or maybe it's March Madness, who knows?
0: Well, hey, you know, the Yaggies they can breathe a little bit. This time last year they were on pins and needles, didn't get into the big dance. This year they were squarely in. What's just kind of the mood of this team? I mean, I mean, m hasn't been in this tournament since any of these guys have been on campus.
1: Yeah, I think that is kind of the mood. You know, when you ask any of them about seating if they thought they should have been seated higher, uh, anything like that. It's just, it doesn't matter. They're here. They're, they're here to play. I got to talk to a little, a few of them about kind of their earliest March madness moments and their favorite uh, uh, March madness memories and, and whatnot. And man, all, all of them are just like, this is their goal. This is what they wanted to achieve. And they're, they're, they're happy to be here. Um, got to watch practice today, open practice, a lot of goofing off. Uh, you know, before every game and practice stuff, they do a whole half court shooting contest. Buzz, even got involved with it today, Uh, hoisted up a few tries uh, at half court. I think it was uh, Hayden Hefner who was the first one to hit one today. So a lot of goofing off, a lot of having fun, uh, but a lot of getting shots up and doing work. And so I think that's kind of the vibe is they're, they're, I'm going to say that they're happy to be here in that that's all they accomplished. But any of the periphery stuff seems to be quelled with just they're here and they're ready to do business.
0: Well, A&M's certainly going to have their hands full on Thursday night. They play Penn State the 10 seed in the Midwest region 855. I think it's on TBS if I read my newspaper correctly. But uh, you know, what what's just kind of the focus on this matchup because this is not a team it seems A&M can just overlook.
1: Right, and it's it's not necessarily a great matchup for uh for A&M in that Penn State is uh, a, a team that shoots a whole lot of 3s Um and of course, their defense is built around um, defending the inside of the paint. And they want to give teams more opportunities to shoot threes, more opportunities to shoot lower percentage shots. Uh, and and Penn State wants to shoot threes. So AM is m they, is, they, I asked a couple players, they said they're not going to alter a lot. It might have to do with a little bit more face guarding, a little bit more guarding guys closely uh, so that they don't um have some more open looks but um yeah it's an interesting matchup buzz Williams has said when you look at penn state they do a lot of uh and if you pull them up on ken Palm, it's a lot of, of of really really neon green and a lot of deep red in that they do some stuff really good they shoot the ball really really well um they don't force a whole uh a lot of turnovers on teams they don't offensive rebound very well um but they they do shoot the ball well they do steal the ball um well at at times so uh they're the 17th adjusted offense uh, efficiency in the league 99 adjusted defense according to Ken Prom. um it's not an easy matchup when you look at it on paper uh they're a uh, standout uh Jaylen Pickett uh one of the highest usage guards in the entire uh, league there's a lot going on with this team and it's going to have to probably change a way AM plays defense a little bit, how much they're going to get away from just strictly guarding the paint. That'll be to see, but they've got to do something different or else uh, Penn State's going to have a field day shooting from behind the arc.
0: Yeah. Pickett's going to be a tough matchup for them for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dexter Dennis on him a good, good amount Thursday night. Uh, this Shh. is, this has been well, a- sure.
1: And one other point that Buzz brought up today that was actually kind of interesting is a lot of talk about him because of how good he is Uh, uh, one of the best, I mean, one of the first All-Americans Penn State's had in almost uh, two decades, if I'm not mistaken, and so uh, but he said the focus isn't necessarily going to have to be just on Pickett, because if you focus just on Pickett, uh, he's such a good decision maker that he can get the ball to the other guys, and the other guys can can hurt you, so it's going to be kind of know where he is, but they kind of have to keep playing their same defense the way they do, because if they focus in on just him he can he can hurt them with his decision making too
0: you know Penn State seems to be kind of a trendy upset among a lot of you know pundits and people that are picking these games uh you know Robert Sessner wrote I thought a really good column in this week's paper you know saying how you know a and might have felt like they were underseated but the only thing that matters now is if the Aggies uh, win okay. games or not and you know this is kind of maybe be a measuring test of okay were, were people maybe wrong about am or were they right and am should have been seated seventh overall uh, after all I should say
1: yeah when you go into that ranking I mean you got to think a little bit goes into uh, those two quad four losses early you got to think a little bit goes into I, I I wouldn't put it past the fact that that they needed to try to get am and Texas together in the same uh, little quad uh, of the of the bracket um, and, and then you, you could even go in if you want to really put your Tim Boyle hat on that uh, they might be punishing Buzz for the the, the rant that he had last year uh, when A&M got left out of the tournament. Um, I, I think scheduling is going to matter. And I think they're going to they said they're even looking into that more heading into the next season what that non-conference slate looks like. That being said, you're right. It is about just winning games. And uh, it's it's up to A&M to find that way to play defense against the hot shooting team. Uh, and, and then they're going to have that test potentially against Texas, which Texas, one of the hottest teams in the country right now, flew uh, through the, the Big 12 tournament, another iffy matchup for the Aggies. And really, that whole region that A&M is in is difficult. So um, it is going to come down to winning games. And I'm, I'm curious to see where the fans and where the team puts success in this tournament run because i think so much of the season has been just get into the dance just just get into the tournament because they haven't been there in so long now that they're here um what's gonna be success and what's the measure of that success
0: you know all eyes as you said are on a potential second round matchup against texas that would be saturday what do you what do you think What do you think of the chances of that game actually transpiring? It, it almost happened in twenty sixteen. Sans a half court shot by Northern Iowa.
1: <laughs> yeah, Northern Iowa, who was was running uh, running rampant through that that bracket back in uh, twenty sixteen. I, I, I think the chances are pretty good. I think A and M. If you look at most of the analytics um, websites, have A and M uh, as a as a pretty good favorite uh, in this game. Um, so I think that. That the first game should be a win for Aggies. That that should be something that they 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 expect out of this team. Uh, Colgate, I don't think, is necessarily going to give Texas all of that much trouble. Um, they should advance to the second round, and so I, I think oh. that that should be the matchup that everyone is expecting.
0: Well, you because know, as,
1: as we have the awkward uh, uh, it, the interaction here, where Penn State's literally two feet away from me practicing right now <laughs> on the court at Wells Fargo Arena, So,
0: Well, if you get there a you ball, go. if you get a ball to the face tomorrow night, Travis, uh, you know, it, it might, it might not have been an accident. So
1: hey, I could get a ball to the face right now. That's why earlier I was like <laughs> looking all over the place. So I'm, my head's on the swivel. Uh, I'm ready to make a, make a rebound, save a pass. Uh, I'm here ready to go.
0: There you go. Your grandfather would be proud of you. <laughs> anyway, you know, Travis, too, I I know you just got there what like 3 4 hours ago. You haven't been there a short time, but you've you seen a lot of A&M fans. I mean, I mean, I kind of a hard place to get to and it's not necessarily close to College Station.
1: Yeah, you know, um decent amount of fans here for the the, pre- the open practice today. I'm I'm actually looking at a family right across the way from me, a family of four all wearing Aggie gear. Uh, a lot of fans, when the and came off the court, ran down to get it, uh, to get uh, autographs. I talked to a couple of them. Uh, one uh, father-son duo who made the drive up from Cyprus. Uh, this son was a uh, a freshman at A&M, and uh, they wanted to make the drive. They actually go to an uh, a March Madness site every year. They were thinking about Sacramento this year when AM got in and it was Des Moines. Uh, they changed the planes, came up here. And then another guy who uh, is a Des Moines native, it was an Aggie, went to A&M, uh, came back and lived here the rest of his life. And he was pretty pumped that the Aggies uh, were coming to his backyard because he, he makes the trip down to College Station, he said, for football games, but not so often in basketball. And to have them in his backyard was a pretty special feat. So it wasn't overwhelming, but there wasn't just a huge crowd here for practice uh, today uh, anyway. Um so, uh, I think, uh, from, from what we saw with the, uh, flight, uh, uh, the cost of the flights up here and, uh, the many Aggies we saw in the airports today, they, they should be here tomorrow, but that's a whole other thing to talk about, uh, here and coming into, um, uh, Des Moines, you got both UT and AM fans coming from across the state. When you look at those Austin flights out, Dallas flights out, Houston flights out, uh, and then, uh, you know, you also have the U of H who are fans flying out of hobby where, where we flew out today. So a lot of Texas travel for March Madness this year.
0: Yeah, certainly a lot of Texas flair in the Midwest region. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis, it's not March. If you don't make a bracket, right? We're not going to done. Yours is done. Congratulations. Mine is I'm done. I'm still contemplating a few of my picks. Um, if you have any tips or suggestions, feel free to email Robert.sesson at the eagle.com. Anyway.
1: Hey, so wait, here, here's the thing though. Okay. We have a we have a bracket that you and me are both in. That's and true. And if you haven't finished your bracket, I know what you're about to ask me, and I'm not gonna I don't wanna help you out. Okay.
0: I well, wanna, I wanna, here's I beat the you deal, down. Travis, is that I, I'm more concerned on maybe some of these first round matchups. I know who is in my final four. I know who's in my final four. And okay. that's what I'm about to ask you about. We don't have time to go through a whole bracket, and I don't want to put y'all through that because that would just be boring. (laughs) But we will share our final four picks and how far we think A&M will go because that's what you care about. So, Travis, (laughs) we'll lead with you. First of all, who's your final four?
1: All right, out of the south bracket, I have the number one overall seed, Alabama. When I saw them at the SEC tournament, I mean, one of the most complete basketball teams I've seen. They have – the, the guard play and the shooters who can just rain terror from behind the arc. They also have the big man. And honestly, for as much as the conversationally they get about their offense, their defense is un- unbelievable. And the way they defend the rim is, is really great. Um, they're the number one overall seed. I think they deserve to be the number one overall seed. Great team, Alabama out of the uh, South region, the East region. This is where I get a little crazy. I get a little, a little spunky here. All right. Um, my uh, region final is actually the four seeded tennessee over second seed or uh, over yeah over second seeded marquette so i actually have tennessee even without Ziggler wow coming to the final four out of the east bracket i think they're a good team and i think the the matchups they have working through are good uh purdue a little up and down at times i know mostly done pretty well, uh, but I have Tennessee beating Purdue and then beating Marquette to go into the final four.
0: Okay, you got to go West next. You got to save Midwest for last for the suspense. All
1: right. West, not impressed with Kansas. Don't think Kansas is going to be coming out of that uh, region as a one seed. Uh, I actually have them coming out into the the Sweet 16, not the Elite 8. My Elite 8 in that bracket is UConn versus UCLA. UCLA um ucla great defensive team in fact the best defensive team in the nation uh according to Kim palm coming into the tournament uh uconn a little bit of a sleeper coming through there uh, uh i think actually the key matchup in that is going to be that saint mary's uconn uh in the second round that's going to be one of those good ones fun ones to watch because saint mary's has been an analytics darling uh through most of the season but i, I uconn's uh, been on a push as of late I like what the uh, the the Huskies are doing there, but UCLA will beat them and UCLA will come out of the West. So so far we have Alabama, Tennessee, UCLA. All
0: right, and now the Midwest. That's AM's region.
1: Midwest. Uh, I'll I'll kind of combine my pick and AM all together. Um AM's at the bottom of that bracket. I say they beat Penn State. Uh it's gonna be a close one, but they beat Penn State, but they lose to Texas in the second round and drop out uh Uh, Don't move past Des Moines. Texas is just a hot team right now. Uh, Really good, kind of that similar, really good both in the post and outside shooting. Um, So I I don't think A&M can quite handle that. I actually have Texas going all the way out, uh, of course, to the Elite Eight. And they are going to face Houston, who is a national championship darling for a lot of people uh, and the, uh, the the Houston Cougars come out of the Midwest region to face UCLA. So that's Alabama, Tennessee, and Houston, UCLA in my Final Four.
0: Who's your champion?
1: My champion, Alabama beats Houston. Uh, I just think they are the most complete team uh, in the uh, tournament field, uh, and uh, it's going to be hard hard to beat them in tournament play. All
0: right. I dig it. Okay. In my bracket. Alex, what about you? In my bracket, okay. I've got Alabama coming out in that in that first region, okay. They're so good. They're so complete. They're bigs are they're, they're so deep at their post position. And I think that if they face Arizona in the Elite 8, that's going to be a really tough matchup for them, but I see them winning. Uh, going down to the bottom half of the bracket. You know, Purdue Purdue is a good team. But I think I think Duke is is on the rise in John Shire's first year. I know you have Tennessee in your Final Four. I have Duke coming out of that region, Travis, uh, making Dude, it happen. So you have
1: I got Duke beating Tennessee.
0: I have Duke beating Tennessee, and yeah. I'm gonna have Duke beating Marquette. I'm trying to remember this in my head. I should have brought my bracket in front no, of me. No,
1: you'd have Duke beating Purdue.
0: Duke beating Purdue. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah yeah yeah. But at the is it Marquette oh, the two for the elite eight? You're for right, the you're elite right, right, eight, right. yeah. Yeah. So I've got Alabama and Duke, okay. And then to the west, I I feel okay about Kansas. Okay, I, I don't I I know that Kansas. It's hard to it's hard to think that a team could go back to back. I like Kansas coming out of that region. I think one of the best games we're going to see though of the entire tournament, if it happens. I have UCLA and Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. And I have UCLA winning that game, but I think that's going to be great. Drew Timmy's so fun to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. But I got Kansas beating UCLA. Man, you talk about you talk about a matchup of blue bloods. And then finally, in the Midwest region, A&M beats Penn State. I think Mm -hmm. A&M keeps it going. They beat Texas. They get revenge on Xavier from last year's NIT final. And if they play, here's the deal too. Houston's so hard to pick right now because I don't know what's going to happen with Marcus Sasser. They just looked like a totally different team without him against Memphis in the AAC final in the American final. But at the same time, I think Memphis was really had the edge, kind of how A and M played against Alabama in that first game at Reed Arena. Anyway, yeah, I could see Houston stumbling in that second round game against Iowa or Auburn. I could see them losing to Indiana, but I think Houston finds a way, and I think Houston and A and M play each other. In the Elite Eight, give me the Aggies, but they lose to Kansas in the Final Four. They're going to Houston, Travis.
1: <laughs> You're going to make our listeners really happy.
0: I will, and <laughs> and I think I'm kind of crazy, but here's the deal, Travis. I think A&M could make a run to the Final Four. I I, I could see them losing tomorrow night, though. I mean, they, they have a really difficult path, And but here's the thing. I think A&M is a very hard team to beat. Um, and and they don't they don't necessarily get blown out and they have shown that they can go toe to toe with a lot of the top tier teams. I know a lot. I know a lot of their good wins came at home, but when you have proven you can beat Alabama, you've beaten Tennessee, you've beaten Missouri. Those are three really good wins. You beat Auburn on the road. Uh, I I think A and M's a tough out, but uh, we'll we'll see if it comes true.
1: <laughs> Here, here's the here's the thing, and and it's been talked about. Buzz Williams mentioned it. A and has to get to the free throw line. They really struggled to get to the free throw line against Alabama. And Buzz Williams made a good point that this is all new for everybody. This is new for the two teams that are facing each other because most of the time they're not playing each other in conference play or non-conference. And it's new for the refs too. The refs usually aren't calling games against these teams. Uh, and so they might not exactly know how they play. They might not know what they're looking for. And that, that could play into A&M's favor or it could play not in their favor, but they have to draw fouls, they have to get to the free throw line. If there's actually one thing that a struggled with, it's a it's, uh, field goal percentage um, late in the season, just getting shots. And so if they don't get to the free throw line and if they don't offensive rebound, it could spell an easy, easy out for them. But if they do those two things, they will be solid and they, they can make a little bit of a run here.
0: Here's a question I have for you kind of closing, uh, a 1st time in the NCAA tournament in five years, but, you know, made a run to the SEC championship game last year, made a run to the NIT championship game last year, made a run to the SEC championship game this year. I know that this is a totally different level of play, maybe, but how much does it help that they have, you know, had to go through a tournament-style play multiple times with some of these guys this last two seasons?
1: I mean, they were even talking about the fact that running through conference play was like playing through a tournament because they knew that the margin for error was so slim after what happened in non-conference play, taking on those two quad four losses. So they've kind of taken an approach through conference play, like they've been in a tournament that they can't take losses. Um, I, I think their runs through the SEC tournament both last year and this year are helpful, run through the NIT, helpful, but this is the... Big stage. This is what the guys have talked about. They've dreamt and playing on these courts their entire life, and um, you never know how that adrenaline is going to factor in. It, it, it might, in A M's case, might be a lot of turnovers. In Penn State's, it might be uh, too using their legs too much, uh, over overshooting uh, with some of those outside shots. So, it, it, usually, a lot of times with these games, especially these first round games, which team can settle into the game quick. Quickly is the one that that has the edge and, and is the, the favorite moving on. Um, A&M has the uh, attributes of a team that can settle in a little bit quicker. It's just a matter of seeing if they do it or not.
0: Well, Travis, you're on the ground in Des Moines. How can, how can people follow along to all the coverage this weekend?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll be tweeting at Travis underscore L underscore Brown. And, of course, all of our stuff goes on TheEagle.com. We'll have press conference videos, locker room videos and interviews, stories, um, little scene setters, everything. Uh, And uh, even for this podcast right now, if you're listening... Uh, if you're watching on video, go go listen to the audio because coming up next in the next segment, I sat down for a few minutes with Manny Obasici, who coming back from that injury that cuts him out most of conference play and talking about getting adjusted back into the offensive defense. Uh, his time has, has been limited, but if you even saw in the Alabama game, there was times where when there was a free throw or a, a reviewed played, Buzz would call him over and he'd diagram stuff out on the, uh, the, the grease board for him right then because he's still getting worked in, still getting integrated into the system and how things have changed. Uh, and, and so it's kind of a fascinating uh, story, fascinating look, because when you look at guys who can defend the perimeter, Manny Obasky is one of those guys. that might be a guy they need to lean on uh, for some depth through this tournament run.
0: Well, Travis, thanks for giving us an update from Des Moines. Stay warm, get some sleep, and we look forward to reading and hearing about your coverage.
1: You got it, and be sure to stick around for some Manny Obasky coming up next on the Miami Nation podcast. Sweet. Um, just wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what's been like getting back into the swing of things. I know Buzz has talked a lot about you know new new sets, new offensive defensive sets that you're having to learn. How do you feel like you've kind of gotten ingrained back with everything?
2: Oh uh, well, I mean, give credit to my teammates and the staff just for having patience with me. Um, it's been hard a little bit, um, but at the same time, I've been in this program for about two years now, so. And I think um, just the language that we speak and just everything everything that we do every day, like the reps and all that stuff, it's kind of, it's kind of like second nature to me. But um, it's been fun. It's been a fun process. I've been enjoying it, and uh, I'm just ready to put it to work uh, tomorrow.
1: How different is the team from when you got hurt to when you came back? Just,
2: I mean, it's been beautiful. I mean, I've been watching it, and I think about it often. Um, just how much this team has grown, um, just how beautiful these people are, and just how and how hard we work every day. I mean, not a lot of people can do that, and not a, pe- not a lot of people can come from where we have came from. And uh, it's been fun to watch, uh, and I- I'm honored to be a part of this program.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know you got some extended run there against Alabama. Um you know, Buzz called you over. I saw like, called you over a couple times working. How much of that is kind of like, hey, we're working this, we need to be aware of this, kind of teaching on the fly?
2: Um, you know, Buzz and I, we have a special relationship, and, um, you know, he understands me, I understand him, and, and just, like, what we talk about all the time and, and, and just what, what – Uh, what we do every day, you know, in terms of just like, um, just the reps, what he expects of me, his expectations never change and uh, you know, he's just been trying to work me back in slowly so I've just been being patient with him, he's been patient with me. What's been the hardest part about getting back into everything? I'd have to say probably just my conditioning Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of getting my legs back Mm -hmm. Um, uh, credit to Gap just for giving me a lot of uh, rest with the running and stuff Mm -hmm. like that before we got here and stuff like that so um, but I think that's the hardest part Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Yeah, and um, you know Penn State Team that that has a lot of a lot of guard play a lot of guys on the yeah. perimeter. How much do you feel like your defense is maybe going to be a part of uh, the minutes that you get? Like, like kind of like what you did in Alabama.
2: Um, I think one of the biggest things or one of the biggest advantages uh, that we have as a staff is the preparation, um, and they they watch thousands of hours of film every day, and um, I feel like we're ready for whatever they throw at us. Um, obviously, they're shooting; they're a good shooting team, and uh, and obviously we like to allow threes but um you know like i said this staff is so elite with just adjustments and, and knowing how to make adjustments on the fly um so we're ready for them
1: what are you looking for the most part, part of this
2: experience just being with these guys man i mean you don't get to do it that much um, i mean it's really just a i don't know it's, it's kind of hard to explain because you know we lose we don't come back and, and that's the last time i get to play with you a lot with these group of guys so uh, just try to take the most of every moment um take everything in and just have fun uh, don't take anything for granted yeah Wait, i guess you haven't
1: been out of the court have you been out on the court yet
2: uh no not yet
1: uh, what's that Do you think that feeling is going to be like ncaa tournament court
2: uh man i mean i remember watching it when i was a kid um I think my fondest memory from that is watching the Baylor team that won the championship, and uh, you know that's a lot. It's the biggest inspiration for me, and um, I'm really excited just to be out there, and not just for myself, but not a lot of these guys were able to do that last year, and uh, I think being able to do that with them, uh, it's going to be big, big for me. Man, appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you. Yeah.